Hey, what's up everybody? My name's MJ and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout out before we begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to use this opportunity to thank my awesome patrons who've supported me over on patreon.com slash mtg in quarantine. I would, again, so I would like to give a huge shout out and thank you to my awesome patrons, Mr. Big Bents, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, and Neo Royal for supporting me. If you would like to help me uh, make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash mtg in quarantine for more information. Today's episode of the podcast is going to be another in the Guild Talk series, where I bring awesome members of the community on to talk about the two color pairings that we have seen in Ravnica out of the MTG color pie. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about House Demir, the very spooky, mysterious House Demir bringing blue and black together in a control player's dream. To talk to me today about the about House Demir and the black-blue color pairing, I'd like to bring a returning friend back to the show. Welcome back to Neo Royal. Welcome back. Thank you. All right, so again, before we get started, uh, I hear you have a gameplay channel. You want to talk to the listeners a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, uh, we're on uh, YouTube at uh, Neo Royal House of Pricey Cardboard. We do uh, some EDH gameplays. Uh, that are narrated and cut it down, so it's pretty easy to watch. It's around uh, 10 to 20 minutes per game, so you can uh, watch them during your lunch break or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very high-quality gameplay, so if you're interested in finding more awesome EDH content out there and the, for the listeners here, definitely check out Neo Royal's House of Pricey Cardboard. It's definitely worth a watch when you have the time. All right, so again... Just as we do with all of the Guild Talk series, Neo, I'd like to first ask you what really got you interested in this color pairing of blue and black. Obviously, we have seen in the Ravnica Guild especially that this color pairing is meant to be about secretive plans, a lot of discarding synergies or things like Surveil, just a lot of cloning things like Lazav, etc., etc., just kind of a lot of secretive things discard synergies, a lot of just kind of covert operations. What really got you into playing with the Demir color pairing in the first place? So the uh, the first w- magic product I bought was the uh, Curse versus Blessed uh, Dual Decks. So uh, I bought it with a friend and he got the Azorius one while I got the Demir one. So it's a Delirium... Uh, not quite zombie tribal, but you get a couple of zombies, you get some mind rack demons, and you just beat face with them. And then after that, starting from this deck, my first EDH deck was Gisa and Geralt to do zombie tribal in Demir. So I guess it. Uh, so it's the first thing that I played with. So I don't know if it's pure uh, like fond memories or it's just that I really found the right thing from the start. But I just kept on playing Demir from when I started. Mm-hmm. And having just played against the Geese and Garolf deck last night in my local playgroup, that definitely has a lot of power with the black and blue zombie synergies. Yeah, I, I stopped playing Geese and Garolf when the Scarab God came out, because mm. and Garolf are good, but they lack like the finisher thing, because you can only play one, uh, one zombie per turn, and so if you're not going for a combo win with something like a Gravecrawler, can be difficult to close the game where Scarab God is just a lot more powerful by default. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you have rooftop storm in there, you're probably going to not have to worry about how many zombies you can get on the field. But that's just my own experience. Anyway, yeah, so it, it's interesting that, again, you, you're brought in through one of the dual decks. And, yeah, it, it's really cool to see that the, a lot of those decks were able to get people into the game. They weren't just meant for enfranchised players. They were really good starter products. I mean, I, I didn't start personally with a starter product like that but i do have one of the dual decks that i won a couple of years ago and it was really cool to be able to play those with a friend um trying to remember i think it was it was one of those from theros block uh, like power versus might or something i i don't really remember exactly what it was but it was uh kind of a golgari versus sultai delve versus enchantments built and i just can't remember the name of it but it's really cool to see that those were able to really get you into the game um, just by being able to play large things and beating face. And as much as we like the precons in Commander, uh, it can be quite a lot for newer player. Where these these uh, dual decks, they were simpler because you have two, three copy of the same card, so it can be easier to get into the game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Is it for me? It was hard to be able to get into EDH at the very beginning because six, even sixty card formats were difficult for me to understand because you're you're just trying to learn the game. And sometimes I can, I definitely understand how 100 cards can be very overwhelming. It was for me at the very beginning. Oh, for sure. Okay, so moving on from your origins with the Demir, what really inspires you about playing this specific combination of blue and black? So I guess when I started to think back, because, you know, it's the kind of thing where you do it, you like it, but you don't really ask yourself why you like it. So mm-hmm. I, I took a step back and thought about it. And... I'm not going to lie, I think blue and black, we have it pretty good. It's not like some other color combination where you feel like you're lacking on a specific front. So we have like we have great engines, we have great wind guns, and a little less ramp maybe. But these days with artifacts, I feel like any color can ramp good. So it's not a big problem. And with the blue, we have artifact synergy. So it's a well-rounded color combination, I feel like. Definitely. I mean, Mono Blue just has so many things going for it, especially when you do get in those artifact synergies. And now that they just, that Watsi keeps printing a lot of really good artifact synergies. You know, we're talking about Urza, we're talking about um, just all sorts of new affinity cards out of Modern Horizons 2, things like that. That there is a ton of good artifact stuff in blue, and then black just has all sorts of great stuff. I've, I've already talked a lot about black on previous episodes, but yeah, there, there's so much cool stuff you can do in black, and then bringing those two things together definitely makes for a potent pairing, honestly, that doesn't necessarily have all the strengths of some of the other colors, but definitely is one of the stronger color pairings, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the only like thing that would come to my mind where... I feel like Demir is the, the, the weakness, if you will. Uh, it's the, the enchantments. Like facing a deck with lots of enchantments can be problematic because you don't you don't really have answers to that unless you counter them. So depending mm-hmm. on how many counter spells you run, it can be more problematic. But Yeah, especially since Black only has uh, pretty much Feed the Swarm and a few other... I. A few other things. Blue can return enchantments to hand, but again, trying to blow them up, yes, that is problematic for this color pairing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now that we've talked about what really inspired you to start playing these colors and really, really dive into them, let's talk a little bit more about that Scarab Scarab God deck of yours. Uh, I mean, without really going too much into specifics, 
what do you really enjoy about being able to play with the Scarab God and similar commanders in this color pairing? What really says, you want to play, I want to play this deck because X? What is the factor in that deck that really makes you keep going back to it time and again? Yeah, so uh, I like, a, a, of course, you play, when you're in these colors, you, you're pushed to play a bit of graveyard synergy. So you're using self-mill or uh, milling your opponents. Uh, I guess Scarab God is a nice one to do a little bit of everything that the color has to offer because you can take creatures out of your opponent's graveyard. Uh, I also really like, now, these days we got Masquid Nexus, so any color can do the changeling thing. But before uh, Kaldheim, it was very a Demir thing to change your typings. So that's always something I found really fun to just like play tribal cards and then you play this other card that says, well, all your things are now the specific tribal you needed. Yeah, definitely, because you also have those tribal synergies and payoffs. You have the arcane adaptation, you have, again, I can never remember the name of the card, the, the one that allows you to draw a card whenever you play a creature of the chosen type. I mean, not Vanquisher's Banner, but the, the other one that I will, I, ah, the art is in my brain, the, the name is not there. <laughs> But yeah, that that one, it, it, the thirty dollar one now. Uh, yeah, that it, just to be able to play those kinds of synergies, be able to get a whole ton of value. And blue likes drawing cards, so why not draw a card every time you play a creature of, of the chosen type? Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see why that that really inspires you because it allows the Scarab God especially allows you to do the value engines, to do the combos that you want to pull off, but also kind of allows you to just build a zombie deck generically too. Oh, yeah, you could you could go very different ways. I, uh, I even just myself, I think I I went through like three or four version of my own deck just by trying to follow my my play group, try to match power level. I switched that out. Just recently, I removed a lot of the lords because I realized that uh, Scarab God is not the kind of deck where you really want to rush out everything because then you just get to remove your commander at. Before, because you need to keep it until you have key. So if you rush out too fast, everybody gets scared, and you're not you're not doing much. So by removing the lords and going for more like uh, creatures that can draw or value pieces, I'm trying to go for a slower game plan that goes under the radar more. Mm -hmm. Definitely makes sense, and and that's what's really nice about a lot of these commanders in Demir is that they're so malleable. You can work with a lot of them in so many different ways. I mean. I've had the opportunity to play against a couple of the Lazav decks. I, I, I had a guy at the local game store who loved that deck. And it was always fun to kind of be able to see what he was going to do because his deck didn't have the most synergy, but it was kind of fun just to see what he was going to do with that card at any given time, just because it could copy literally anything in a graveyard. So mm -hmm. the, the ability for Demir to just kind of have multiple faces and have allow you to play value engines, but also kind of just allow you to explore tribal synergies along with the changelings, etc. is definitely something that we haven't really talked about in this series with a lot of the other color pairings, because most of the other colors don't necessarily worry about that deep tribal synergies. I mean, and they can, but I feel like in, in this case, Demir has kind of a corner on quite a few things that EDH players love doing. That's cloning, that's kind of blowing stuff up, that's drawing cards. And yeah, Demir definitely does all those things very well. And one thing that's nice also is that the fact that you have access to tutors with black mm -hmm. uh, is that you can really play with the power level you want in your deck. So if, if the deck does not uh, run as smooth as you would like, you just 
add one, two tutors. And I know we did that for uh, Kelly's Chainer deck. It's not in Dimmer, but it's the same idea where yeah. the deck was needing a, a couple of specific pieces. So by putting more tutors, we brought it to the, the right power level we wanted for the play group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you have access to Demonic Tutor, but you also have Vampiric Tutor. Depending on, uh, depending on exactly how fast you want to get stuff in your hand, you have Diabolic Tutor. You have kind of the five to seven mana uh, tutors as well. It, it, again, depending on the level, you have Mystical Tutor in blue uh, versus something like Merchant Scroll, which is a little bit more at sorcery speed, but still gets the job done. So yeah, just a lot of options you can do just in the tutor game, and you're in two of the better colors, honestly, or the two of the best colors, to be honest, for our tutors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So again, I always ask everybody this, and I... I know that it's kind of difficult to look into the crystal ball uh, since you have to tap that to pay two to be able to scry one. But um, beyond that very bad EDH pun, um, I want to ask you what your opinions have been on a lot of the cards we've seen in this color pairing recently. And then kind of the, the second part of this question is what would you like to see in Demir going forward so this could be anything like new mechanics new zombies new i don't know just anything you would like to see in this color pairing going forward i mean for instance we're going to be seeing the brothers war set coming out next year and you know we, we're probably going to be seeing urza we're probably going to be seeing a lot of artifact synergies and again as we just mentioned that does fall under a lot of of what we've been talking about here with those artifact synergies mishra was a Grixis commander in the original printing. So we're, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of those same kinds of things going forward. What would you personally like to see these colors be able to do in the next couple of years? And then anything new that would kind of push the envelope beyond what we've seen already that you would really like to see? Uh, I guess since the, the pairing is very well rounded up already, I don't know if I, if I wish for it to just like do everything like i could say i wish we could break enchantment more easily but at the same time i think it's nice that some pairing have some downside to them that you just sure sure just can't do everything like filter swarm is nice but at the same time even with that option uh i didn't put it in any of my deck because of the sorcery speed and the needed to find a specific slot to put it so in a way it's like yeah they gave it to us but it's not like the best thing ever, so it, at least it fits in that. Uh, but what we could get in the following, uh, I guess, like I said, one thing that always uh, I always liked about this color pairing is the making everything change the typing, going changeling. So anything in that kind of realm, I would like. Uh, maybe something that cares about you doing that. Like uh, if you get a creature and it has a typing that it didn't have on the card, you get a specific bonus that could be cool. So you, you're pushed to run all the conspiracy, uh, xenograph, and arcana adaptation. Mm. Okay. Uh, one thing also uh, um, I like to do in the Demir, I run a lot of Ashiok Dream Render. So it's the uh, anti tutor thing. So maybe, maybe not like opposition agent good, but something in that realm can be nice as, as well. Yeah, that, that Ashiok is certainly a card. <laughs> it it does things. Yeah. <clears throat> and 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 again, it's interesting that you bring up opposition agents because again, since we had the banning of Holbreacher a couple months ago, 
Um, we, we've seen a lot of ways where Blue and Black have been able to find ways to mess with other people's tutoring and other people's card draw. And I, I guess I just want to get your opinion on that part of the design space. Since Blue and Black are honestly, the way I look at it, the two best colors at drawing cards, um, obviously in different ways, but the two best ways or two best colors to draw cards in. What are your opinions on more hate cards in the color being directed at those two best colors trying to draw cards? And do you feel like we're starting to see more of a balance uh, between cards that allow you to tutor cards and then cards that hate on tutors within these colors specifically? Uh, I don't think we have that many uh, cards yet that prevents your opponents from tutoring, uh, especially if you're just in blue and black, like white has a couple. Of, uh, does it just have even mind sensor? Even mind sensor, you do have... Uh, oh, there's uh, the Leonian, but Leonian they can Arbiter, two for yeah. the turn. Yep, uh, Alms Collector, that one. And Great. yeah, uh, there's a lot more on white, obviously, but since we have had Opposition Agent, since we have had Hole Breacher, it seems that Wizards is trying to print some things in those colors that do sort of hate on on those obviously not as many as white does but again we're, we're, we're kind of going on a different side side of the color pie here so you know what white does does for demir is ultimately irrelevant but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it, but it, it, i guess yeah. i guess the the way i would go is that i think uh going against tutor is a lot safer than going against straw because the the argument i always get for opposition agent is that yes it's extremely powerful it's it's very pushed as a card, but at the same time, if your playgroup does not tutor, it does nothing. Where Hold Breacher, like everybody draw cards. So mm -hmm. I guess if you if they, they keep on printing some kind of hate, I would rather them print uh, tutor hate than draw hate, or at least if you put some draw hate, like try and keep it a lot softer so the games can keep on, because you, you don't want to just like lock out the table uh, from playing. Yeah, especially since we have seen that Ashiok, since we have seen the new Narset, or at least the one from War of the Spark, which are trying to specifically hose those two, those two kinds of strategies, too. It's, I guess it's just interesting to kind of see how there's been more of that hate put in there. But again, I, I do agree with you that in my own personal playgroup, we don't run a lot of tutor effects, so opposition agents would effectively be useless, and that's just how we, that's just how we play personally. But yes, if you were to play in a playgroup where you do a lot more tutoring, opposition agent all of a sudden becomes really good. But yeah, the, the fact that it can be sometimes on, sometimes off, definitely makes it on a much lower level than Hole Breacher was, which you're right, did stop people from drawing additional cards. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into the whole Hole Breacher ban here, because I had a very good episode with Brandon from Create Commander on this a couple months ago about the importance of Rule Zero, including the Hole Breacher ban there. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, I highly recommend that episode. But I guess it is interesting to see that Wizards is starting to put out more cards to hate on these strategies to try to balance things out a little bit, but also trying to find that sweet spot so that we're, you're not completely trying to hose those strategies there's just a few more pieces you can throw in to try to knock people off uh, off kilter a little bit so it, it's a very tricky balance especially in these colors but um it, it'll be interesting to see where that goes going forward especially since blue and black just seems to have so many things it can do i mean just, just looking at the new sets here uh just so many zombie synergies so many things about bringing creatures back from your graveyard even if they aren't zombies 
all, I think there's even a new mechanic. Uh, am, am I correct in that? The, the decay for the zombies? Uh, I think so, yeah. Or, 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 or maybe it's that new disturb mechanic. I, I don't remember which. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disturb is basically a transform from the graveyard where decay is more of... Uh, you make your tokens like grave crawlers so they can... Uh, they can't block, and when they attack, they sacrifice themselves. So it's a way to tune down, I guess, recursion power. So you can bring anything back, but at least you don't have like a, a board to protect yourself with it. Yeah, I, I, I guess since we look at it that way, it's interesting that they're trying, or the Wizards is trying to find new ways to change the strategy, I guess, is that you can reanimate a lot more things, but it's going to come at a cost. I, I feel like it, for, for me, just as a deck where I kind of like that, you have to find a way to niche work or work around these downsides here. I, I that's just me personally, but uh, it, it's interesting to see that new design space, but also working with one of the core tenets of this color pairing, which in one case can be reanimator. Yeah, and and it can open the door to run cars like that, stop your abilities from your creatures, so then you you can block and you can attack without sacrificing. So it's the kind of thing like it's a downside, but it's a, you can also work around it to get something really powerful. And that's what I really love about EDH. I know that the listeners are probably sick of me talking about that, but just trying to find ways to make up for downsides is is really cool in my opinion. Is that you're 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 trying you're challenging yourself to try to find a way to work around inherent downsides that we yes something like animate dead is going to be a lot better than trying to trend trying to get something out of your graveyard that is all of a sudden you can't really do much with it but again sometimes those downsides can lead to something new and inspiring where again you're right if you take that ability away all of a sudden now that creature can do whatever it wants and just fun little things like that that that's the never-ending challenge of this format and that's what what really keeps me coming back to this and I, I guess that Demir is not one of the color pairings that I've really had a whole lot of experience with playing. I do have one Demir deck sleeved up, but it doesn't necessarily try to do a lot of the Demir things. So I, I guess this is going to have to be a challenge to me at some point to try to build a, a Demir deck that really fits with my tastes. I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss without shouting out to Chris Von Doom here. This is his favorite color pairing, obviously. So mm-hmm. I wanted to give him a shout out on there for uh, for playing the blue and the black and just trying to find a way for me to eventually get into into it more so uh neo i really want to thank you for taking the time to be with uh be with me here today it's been awesome having you again yeah thank you for having me and again for the listeners real quick where can they find neo royals house of pricey cardboard on the internet i can find us on youtube twitter and instagram though uh, twitter and instagram are mostly like to if you like uh, keep in contact with us or see when we post stuff but the content is on youtube where you can find the gameplay and some occasional deck decks or stuff like that and roughly how often do you upload new gameplay videos uh usually, uh, usually i always upload on thursdays so it's every week uh, during this summer i've been uh, taking a couple of weeks off but i should go back on track to every thursday yeah release all right sounds good and again for the listeners out there who haven't seen house of pricey cardboard i highly recommend it i actually got an opportunity to guest spot a few months back i had an absolute great time we had a great game and again i i can't say enough about neo's work it's it's great stuff definitely check it out when you have the chance 
And uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at MTG in Quarantine, where I'm usually talking about the different podcasts that I've worked on and weird little artifacts weird little card synergies that I find and just some some random rantings about cards of significance to me personally, etc, etc. You can also find the entire back catalog of all the Guild Talk episodes, plus the entire MTG and Quarantine podcast on the usual podcast outlets. That's Google, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, CastBox, Podcast Addict, MTG Cast, and many other podcast outlets. I also want to use this time to give another huge shout out and thank you to my awesome patrons who have supported me over on patreon.com slash quarantine. So thank you, Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, and my awesome new patron, Neil Royal, who was just on this episode just now. Again, if you're interested in supporting me on Patreon and helping me create more awesome content, head on over to m- patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.